This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, it's Wednesday, it's 10pm, and we're back! Sorry about last week, I was not feeling the best, but it's lovely to be back with you. Bit of a different show this week, probably not doing all our normal features, going to see what goes, going to talk about mental health and related matters, and see where our spontaneity takes us. Um, Good evening. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. I haven't gotten Ed yet. Oh dear. I know I saw him on Twitter earlier on, um, but, um, and I did have a WhatsApp to tell him that I'd got back into Kent, um, but there's no, no Ed online. Let me just see if I can wake him up via WhatsApp or Twitter. Um, anyway, hello everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me just see, is Ed there? Um, hello. I know he's been, had a couple of days on the coast in Cornwall. And I saw him yesterday evening in the flesh. So, and he was intending to join, definitely. Um, but last seen today at 7.32 on WhatsApp. Okay. And sorry, everybody. Kind of need Ed. I need Ed for this week. Um, have we got an Ed? Um, he's not been on the twits for a little bit. Anyway, well, we'll see what happens. I'll keep going. Um <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry about last week, everyone. Good evening, uh, live listeners. Good evening, lovely Lucy. Good evening, Tim at Chem Commando. Um, And um, also hello to all of those of you who are listening on Catch Up. So uh, I'd just like to say... I'm sorry about last week that I did actually. I was I was a, it was half term for me last week, and I was staying at my sister's on Tuesday evening, and I felt a bit rotten in the evening. Felt even more rotten Wednesday morning. Did the test and I got the COVID. My mother had recently had the COVID, so I still went down to Devon to mother's. And here he is here he is oh thank the lord um hopefully ed is kind of joined me now yes ed oh i was panicking hey. you're here oh i'm sorry am i late oh, i was i can't hear you. louis theroux thing and um it, oh well louis blowing blow my mind um, in, a, in, in a bad way so i didn't notice the time ticking away so, so Louis Theroux um, is he, someone compared me to Louis Theroux once, which is very flattering. I think he's absolutely brilliant. So, so um, it's a it's a fair excuse for being distracted by by Louis. Um, and I think we I aspire to being a little bit like Louis. But um, there we go. I was just waffling about my illness last week and yeah. how I stayed in Devon until very recently uh, because. I couldn't come back to school on Tuesday, on Monday even. Mm. So I, I stayed down in Devon and my, worked my day off down there, had my day off down there and taught online this morning and have driven back. Yeah, how are you? Because that's quite, that's quite a long drive, isn't it? Um, how long has that taken? I've got back safely and I'm feeling fairly chipper and it's nice to be in my humble attic studio here. Um, mm. and, and so, Ed, we saw each other yesterday. 
That was it, nice, wasn't it? Actual real life. It was beautiful. I was very glad that we did that. Yeah. We <coughs> oh. you introduced me to the beauties of Hotland Key, which I've never been to before. Yes, just at the fading light yeah. and the fading light. We will we will spend more time there next time yeah. and walk walk a few more miles of coast. Um, but yeah. yes. It was it was great to see you in the flesh and it was great to um just just connect. And so so we're going to do something a bit different today. So I don't really need to ask you how you are. Um other people won't might want to know how you are though. So so maybe we should just but, but the whole show's gonna be about how we are, really, I think, yeah, isn't I mean, it? We don't so, want to spoiler it too early in the show, you know. Maybe maybe <laughs> you know maybe maybe people can vote on how we are at the end. Yes, a so good these guys, point. These guys are clearly falling to pieces. Somebody somebody sent around the crash team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I'm okay. Let let let's not worry, people. I think I'm pretty okay, actually. I'm enjoying my half term. I'm sorry if you listen to this and you had your half term last week and it already feels like you've been back for a month. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of my half term and I'm loving it. Um, it was a hell of a week to have half term last week. (laughs) Obviously, I've I've shared with shared with listeners and catch uppers um that I that I had the COVID um. So I wasn't too well in the middle of storms as well, didn't you? You And the storm and the storm with the COVID striding around, being struck by falling trees. I, think I know, nearly struck by falling trees. If anyone saw that on 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 Twitter in my mother's garden, when I stupidly went to inspect the the, the sort of cracked um, base of my um, childhood beech tree, which is a wonderful, wonderful tree with three main trunks, and I sort of went round to have an inspection of it in the middle of Storm Eunice, and then as I walked away from it, I'm thinking, oh well, you know, that's kind of half down, and thinking that was that, and I walked and was looking at some other trees, and then the crack. And then it was down behind me and I, I felt I was in shock. I swore a lot. The, the clip that I posted, if you saw it, I swore a lot because I was in basically a state of shock thinking what an idiot I was um, getting so close to a tree and, and also was, was very sad actually about it. Mm. Um, but my mum's man, as she calls him, um, Chris, has been in and um, yes, you lunatic with no sense of danger, Lucy, thank you. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, um, but my mum's my mum's gardener or handyman or job man who who comes in on Tuesdays. It's a highlight of my mum's week, um, and Chris is a very lovely man. Um, he knows a lot about trees and gardening, and and but doesn't know much about anything else. But um, that's good for for what he does. And he um, he really tidied it up yesterday. Took all the, all the sort of end branches off and mm-hmm. built a huge future bonfire. So anyway, that's that's enough about the beech tree. But it was it was an amazing storm. It was a difficult week to have as half term in a way because. We were a bit sort of trapped indoors, yeah. um, but then I did get out to go and see some. Uh, uh, although I did, you know, I just want to say for 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 COVID, the COVID police. Although obviously that's all changing now, but uh, I didn't go near anybody, and I wore my mask if I did go you near didn't go anybody. Anywhere, no, but, but you I went didn't near go... that tree. Maybe, maybe I went near that tree, and I went. No, yeah, the COVID. I went the tree. You know, and then I went to went to the coast and saw some big waves, and and um, it was wonderful. But um, yes. Yeah. Tough weather very week ventilated. last week, so so for those yeah. of us, yeah, very ventilated, very ventilated indeed. Um, anyway, um, now so we yesterday, Ed, I, I on my day off in Devon, um, I think um, some people who listen to this on catch up, some people who are listening live now, particularly the lovely Lucy, um, who is a very regular listener to the show and and a good sort of Twitter friend as well, um. She, uh, hang on, what happened? So I've been writing, I am writing the, and I don't want to be too indulgent here because if this is a radio show, it's Teachers Talk Radio, but I think 
it's appropriate to sort of share the context of why we're chatting about what we're chatting about. And so I'm writing as I'm fifth turn 50 in August and I love writing. I mean, you know, I'm trying to write fiction, but, you know, trying to teach kids and trying to do lots of other things as well. So, um, you know, that the, the kind of fiction writing is a little bit on hold or it sort of chips in and here and there, but I am writing basically 50 episodes from my life. I mean, it's kind of, it's an autobiography really, but it's, it's, it's one specific memory or event, um, from each approximately from each year of my life and i've got up to chapter episode 11 all the ones before that have been shared on twitter and and people have commented quite quite you know the few in a lovely little writing corner that involves you and me and and um lovely alex and tabitha and june of uh dbi and and carolina and, and hugh hugs um etc uh, etc et lots of lots of people who enjoy writing and write write very well uh, I can't say that about myself but some people do um, interestingly I happened to be in my mother's house it was going to be a tough one because the, the title of the episode uh, or chapter was um, three days with dad and uh, anybody who knows me well or who, who follows me knows that my dad died when I was 16 in the middle of my GCSEs uh, after two years of sort of terminal cancer. And um, he was a wonderful man, third marriage. So my elder half siblings had quite a different relationship to him to the one that I had. But but my childhood, was, my early childhood was really dominated by by my mother, I would say. Um, but I had these three days with dad and I, um, and I was writing about that. And then it sort of strayed and veered into, into sort of mental health issues and, and challenges that, that my mother has been kind of working through or not working through actually, or ignoring or denying all her, all her life. And, and my, so it was a very emotional piece and I, and I didn't, I haven't shared it in public, um, although I have kind of edited and tweaked it, so I probably will share it in public. Um, but uh, it was a, had a discussion via DM with a few people, um, including yourself, Ed, and one or two other lovely listeners. I'm not going to name the people because um, I don't think that's that's fair. Because um, people, we have, we have had this really interesting DM chat about mental health, basically, and it was hugely cathartic for me. Um, but also kind of eye-opening uh, in the sense that, you know, it's it's a hugely complex subject. And when we talk about it in the context of schools, it's it's very different to in the in the context of our own lives, I think. And so so but I I had it was a very emotional day just writing it, sharing it, reading other with, with a few people, reading people's comments, um, thinking about my perspectives on on my mother and and on my own mental health and on relationships and families and and all that sort of stuff and and um that's the context of so we decided meeting last night that that we'd have a sort of free reign free for all kind of just discussion around mental health and and not in a gloomy way necessarily but just in an open way so so that's the context why we're talking about that this week um do you want to chip in and, and say anything yourself, Ed, <laughs> oh, at this moment? I haven't written anything. 
I think you're you're being you've you've surprised yourself by being very very brave in doing this fifty uh, fifty blocks. Yeah. and you know it it tricks you into saying things that you weren't maybe quite ready to say or didn't know that you were. And I've you know I've done that in blo- my my blogging career. My, my people haven't seen most of mine, I don't think, but uh, I haven't done so much recently. But uh, you know, you sit down to write something about school improvement or about you know the nature of pedagogy, and you end up spilling your guts, and you don't have an editor there. Yeah, say, is this really what you wanted to say? Is this really you know? No. So you you hit publish, and and publish and be damned. There are like five people read it generally, and some of them come back. And um, what I have found is that people are incredibly generous and incredibly kind. They know that you're not doing it for yeah. a job, you know? They know you're not, this isn't going to make you money. So, like, if we, if we publish this, you know, maybe it is a cry from my heart, you know? So, I think, you know, I think it's, a lot of people on Twitter at the moment are saying that, you know, do you remember back when it, in the early days, they say, early days being whenever it was they joined, you know, it was all people sharing and people blogging. I actually think yeah. it's just about the cycles of it, you know. You know, if you're a very early adopter, you remember the first round. But uh, you know, but I like that stuff that we can write and we can share, and people will read it and they'll comment it with, with huge generosity. Now, the generosity, you got You got to. You got to remember these people are being nice, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, so maybe you aren't Marcel Proust, but it is immensely helpful to to get this stuff out. And I've never had a problem with it. You know, I've never had people waving it in my face at a governor's meeting or anything you know um so yeah i mean so we write this stuff and we put it out there and we we write it in this extreme solitude of us and the keyboard and the screen and then we put it out and of course you know if you've got a few thousand followers in in theory a few thousand people might read it yeah you know the good news is most of them don't but (laughs) you know (laughs) you know know, some people will read this stuff and um you know, people are coming back to me at the moment in my DMs and saying, Ed, are you okay? Or are you feeling very lonely? Or, you know, is stuff okay for you? And I think there's some vibe I'm putting out on my Twitter, which suggests to people who, who are looking out for me that I'm, that I'm not 100% all right. You know, they're probably right. I'm probably not 100% all right. Um, so people pick this stuff up. And I think it's, you know, you, you blog it, it's, it's, it's amplified or magnified because a tweet people were spending 20 seconds in my company aren't they With, yeah if I write a couple of thousand words they're spending a few minutes in my company and i think yeah you know human beings I... are pretty good at reading this stuff and and as writers we, we're not you and i we're not professional writers so we don't have a level of sophistication perhaps that a uh, professional writer would have in uh you know obfuscating the truth of exactly how we are that moment when we sat down and typed for an hour or two. You know, we yeah, didn't, I we think didn't that's, that's an weeks. You know, we we typed it, we pressed publish, and it was a snapshot yeah. of exactly what was going on in our hearts at that time, and and people can sniff it. You know, good. That's I think this. Skills. I think that's an interesting thing. I'd, I'd like to pick up on a couple of things you've said there because first of all, um, I think you know you you post stuff, you you post very um, ukulele clips and. You'll play some for us later on. Um, 
and you you posted your singing beautiful beautiful song on 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 um the beach near where you've been staying um i think uh and in the dark and and so you know you are endearingly and 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 probably well known for it amongst your friends i should imagine sort of melancholy chat but you're also kind of very witty and fun and and and, and great company so so i think i think but but our age you know i think i may have spoken about this before mm-hmm. i'm not really into such generalizations but i am going to quote it you know that the late 40s and early 50s are stereotypically meant to be the hardest um and and least happy years of our life because is that true yeah 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 yeah. it well well it's not i don't it's not it's you know this this is not scientific research but most research in in social sciences you're going to quote a paper on that but but, but i've read it if you get through to 53 there's a book okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a book called um, Jonathan by Jonathan Rauch, who I think is one of these slightly wacky, um, you know, kind of white privilege American sort of uh, writers that got involved in this new university in in Austin in Texas. I think that mm. that's a bit bonkers, a little bit. Um, what's his name? Jordan Peterson, people like that. But Jonathan yeah. Rauch wrote a book called which I was given um, the Happiness Curve, and the idea is that that we start well, obviously as children. We don't know what we are, but generally, we're, if provided we're not sort of neglected or abused, and we're loved and we're fed and we're watered and we're sheltered, our, our, our happiness is generally quite high as a young child. And then, and then in our obviously adolescence is a difficult time, but but again, we're not we're not sort of fully formed beings in a way. Then, so but in our twenties, we're generally pretty happy because we don't have. Enjoy yourself. This, I'm, talk, I'm maybe talking from a middle middle class perspective here. And then, then if you do children at the stereotypical sort of age, at sometime in your twenty. parenting and trying to kind of keep up with the joneses and familying and and kind of um and all that sort of stuff and then by your late 40s you know you've got an awful lot of responsibility potentially at work you've got a lot of responsibility in the family maybe your children are becoming adolescent and a little less uh, easy to communicate with and 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 not the kind of adorable creatures you 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 knew sort of five years beforehand mm-hmm. and maybe you've got elderly parents who are complicated and aging and there's just a lot of pressure on us so our our, yeah. our happiness or our stresses sort of can dip in the late 40s um and early 50s but then and i am so looking forward to them myself you know, our 50s, our late 50s and our 60s, provided you've got your physical health, um, generally are, you know, theoretically, the, almost the best days of our lives, perhaps beyond beyond childhood. And because because you, you you're t- should be, if you've kind of made the right choices and not been abused or bullied or downtrodden, you, you should be... Um, fairly financially secure you should be yeah. um 
not have stressful sort of elderly parents kind of um and all those stresses and your your children may not be adolescent they may be grown up and and charming and and going out in their into their own lives so so your kind of responsibilities go down if you like um and, and unless of course you've got lots of responsibilities as a grandparent or whatever so so i think it's an interesting thing so i think both of us um you know you've changed you've moved haven't you 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 know you've had a tough 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 time i don't know how much of that you want to reveal on here ed um and and you know you're living down there with 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 douglas and it's all change and and it's tough being a primary head teacher um and we've had a tough tough couple of years in the in the profession and in the country so um and in the world I mean, that's, that's uh, so it's, it's it's not there's a lot of things it, it, it's sorry true, isn't it I mean, it's certainly true that you know i've, I've had a I've had a tough decade, people. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm perfectly happy to talk about it. I don't have a problem with that. But you know, here's the thing: I have earned money this last decade, which has been so hard for me. I've been earning money fine. I've been able to keep a roof on my above my head and above my family's head, and we've we've never missed a meal. And um, you know, I think so much of our well-being is. It is relative to our circumstances, but, you know, I've had the privilege of working overseas quite a lot in my life, and I've worked in countries where oh. the kind of lifestyle that I'm able to have is it's beyond the reach of the majority of the population. Am I dropping out? Oh, maybe I am. You know, so I sort of think, think, well, I, you know, yes, I've, you know, I've suffered loss, but we all suffer loss, and I've got grief, and we've all got grief. Oh. but that doesn't. Ooh. I'm. I... Are you getting every fifth word? I'm getting. I'm getting every. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting. You're coming in and out. Am I going in and out for you as well? You've put that on online. Yeah. I think Joe. Joe's listening. Um, who is our tech man? Or Joe was listening. He is still listening. I think. Um. So, so I don't know, know whether. Let us know. Is it might if it's just me, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, no, you, I don't so... know. My Wi-Fi is not as great as it could be up here, um, but it is what it is. I, I can't, I can't do anything about it because I'm on, on the, well, on the actually on the school system. Dropping. Okay, Podbean is. Oh, being Joe a bit says tonight, Podbean's says being a bit yeah. rubbish tonight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. it's Podbean. Joe okay. said earlier. Let's so I, mean, I want to go back to Joe. Joe said earlier that he thinks he's happier now than he was as a young person because he was being bullied then. And I think I really don't think school is a happy place for a lot of children, and I would include myself. Absolutely, I, I was not a happy child. I am definitely you know i get to make my own choices now now some of the choices are shit and i have to live with them sorry i used a bad word you know but you know i accepted the job of being a of being a head teacher of a school and sometimes it's a hard job but i mean that's on me i made those decisions i did not yeah. choose to go to school i did not choose to be in a room with those people i did not choose to be on the public transport i had to take with them i had no choices and i didn't like it and i didn't i wasn't you know i think no you know, I, 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 I think that's absolutely I'm, I'm happier now. I mean, like, it's I'm, I can be self-indulgently unhappy as much as I like, but I'm not in fear mm. that I'm going to get beaten up or that I'm going to, you know, be mocked for my perceived sexuality or any of that shit that you put up with when you're at school. I, you know, I think a lot of adults manage to forget about it or fool themselves they've forgotten about it, and they all, you know, this old saying, isn't it? School days, the happiest days of your life. 
I don't think they are for many, and they definitely weren't. For no, many. Um, I think I think childhood should be the happiest days of our life, or or can be, but but not necessarily. School itself is is deeply problematic. I totally agree. Mm. I, I think I think Joe mentions adolescence as well, and and adolescence mm. is is a tough time for everybody, um, because our hormones are all over the place. You know, our mind, our neurons, and all that pruning that's going on in our side of our head. It's it's a very confusing time. But you know, loads of there's loads of loads more understanding of adolescence and, and the changes i've got three adolescent children ollie's more or less out of it at 19 he but he's he's not fully out of it i've got a good really good memory i'm going to talk about this in a bit more i, I you know gosh yeah. we're gonna we're gonna run out of time because i've got so much stuff i want to read out to you mm -hmm. as well um mm -hmm. but but there's a guy who wrote a book i think it's appropriate time to talk about it as we're talking about adolescence and childhood unhappiness and we'll come back to the school bit um some of you probably know the book, David Brooks, who's a New York Times journalist, The Road to Character. Um, mm. And he wrote this book, The Road to Character. And in it, he talks about the different stages of life and, you know, how we, we we'd normally think of childhood, adolescence, adulthood and old age. But he describes six stages of life once we're, once we're born um, uh, and um, talks about childhood, adolescence, odyssey um, and then adulthood, and he defines adulthood by being either either financially independent or becoming a parent, um, and or both, um, and then active retirement because of course we're living much longer so some people you know if they've saved and prepared for for retirement the active retirement when they're still very healthy um and and fit and then old age and it's interesting that odyssey thing but i i remember just thinking you know there's this theory isn't there i mean we're, we're, our brains are changing all the time we're, there's no end point to kind of growing up and but the idea that we're an adult at 18 is is only really true Physically, mentally, we're not really adults until we're about 24-ish, isn't it? Although mm. although some people sort of debunk that research. But I distinctly remember, if I count it in Glastonbury's, so my son, who's 19, is just very, you know, he's very rock and roll at the moment. He's indulging in everything. His risk evaluation is shocking. You know, he drives too fast, he drinks too much, he smokes too much, yeah. and he doesn't eat properly and he doesn't sleep properly. And he's a complete ass, but he's a lovable ass, <laughs> and he's going to be fine, you know? And um, yeah. I think he's going to be fine. But, but you know, he... he yeah. But I remember when I went to Glastonbury for the first time, Glastonbury Festival, for the first time, I was 22, 1994, and... I went again in 1995 and I was 23 then, um, surprisingly. And I just was hedonistic. You know, I was just, I didn't, I did, watched very few bands. It was all about sitting around the campfire, drinking, etc., cetera, um, wandering around, being an idiot. And then by the time there was no Glastonbury in 1996, I went to Phoenix Festival and discovered Neil Young instead. I digress. But then I went back to Glastonbury in 97, 98 and 99 as a 25, 26, 27 year old. I was then working, and yes, I still had a good time um, in terms of hedonism, but not a stupidly good time. I was much more watching bands, enjoying the culture of the event, and and totally a totally different person. My experience was all about getting my money's worth from this wonderful cultural event rather than just getting off my tits. Um, and, and, and so I very much felt that there was something happened in my early to mid twenties where I definitely felt, I didn't feel when I look back on it, I didn't really feel like an adult until I was 
24 25 mm-hmm. and that probably correlates to starting to earn earn a living and and, and you know post university getting into graduate yeah, working life and stuff as well responsibility isn't it accepting responsibility yeah. you know so if we were to look at the you know our uh, you know middle ages and the early medieval period you know people people are, are taking on huge responsibility <laughs> they're becoming king <laughs> at this yeah. sort of age the idea is that you know someone said well you're not really a, not really an adult until you're uh, 24 that's when the brain stops developing and when you like yes if, if you had a family and you've you, you've been the, the monarch of a nation i think we're, we're just going to assume you're an adult at this point aren't you yeah yeah Maybe or, or if you've been working since you were 16 or working since yeah, you were 14 absolutely. you know so there's part of this thing that your brain will have been forced into the shape it has to adopt to, to do the role you know if you could if you can be 22 and you can still be you know living fast and smoking a bit too much not really taking responsibility and you know you know well, yeah jolly good well done that that's that's great isn't it we'd all love a bit of that but um but but you might be in a culture where you have to <laughs> you might yeah. have to take some responsibility i and i and the thing is humans do tend to step up when they need to so um absolutely my mind all the stuff i talk about is very i hate this expression but i'll use it um you know it's all very first world problems but but really but i think that's the yeah. that's that's the point that's the world though, we live in that, so there you go it's the world yeah. we live in and I, I you know it's the world we live in and and i think that that's the whole point isn't it is that i mean when i had my only bout of kind of clinical depression and it was it was I was self I self-diagnosed really the doctor who I spoke to I was having a bit of psychotherapy this is summer 2020 um not lockdown induced but perhaps lockdown catalyzed uh Mm. and you know this is when I I realized that I was deeply unhappy um in my in my marriage I kind of knew that I was unhappy in it but but I I kind of when I when I started thinking about it and then but you know I tried to persuade my my wife to have some therapy together but she was having none of it so I had some therapy on my own and got you know quite navel gazing started wallowing and looking at myself and and I know when Alex listens to this back I think he'll relate to it knows you know maybe I'm a bit ADHD maybe I am a difficult guy to live with maybe I'm a bit unpredictable maybe I'm a bit non-committal maybe I'm a little bit cyclothemic which is dilute form of bipolar but you know I don't really I'm 49 you know I don't I haven't really my life has not been harmed by any mild undiagnosed ADHD or or I don't think anyone else's really has either and likewise if I am a bit mildly bipolar um or you know so so I've had, we all get dark nights of the soul we all have some better weeks than others and I but I seriously have never experienced any lows I do get highs I do get I have immense energy and my mind's rushing at a million miles an hour and I seem to be able to take in information three times faster than anybody else around me and so I do have those moments but but in summer 2020 because of this sort of psychotherapy this navel gazing and I was I was exploding basically because I was trying to convince myself I was happy and I looked around in my garden which has had um uh, oh, my mum's just wanting to check that I've got very Um, I'll let her know in a moment. Um, from Devon as uh, <laughs> I drove back this evening. Um, and, and all the possessions and all the things I could do, but I wasn't happy, you know. And I thought I've got all this stuff, and I think that's the thing that 
that psychologists understand and philosophers understand is that you know this affluenza you know that, that we we that we should be happier but there's no evidence to suggest that modern humans modern middle class affluent humans mm. are any happier than our our you know distant ancestors who had a lot less um sort of you know health and 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 money than we did and so so i think you know although some lives are considerably tougher um day to day than others I think the mental health thing and, and, and our feelings and our what goes on inside our heads and our childhood experiences and the knock on effects of that, it, uh, you know, I, I don't think whether you're a king or a queen or an oligarch or a, or, a, or a kind of, you know, unemployed coal miner's grandson, you know, mm -hmm. life is, is, is a mental health. We need to go and do the new. this bit about decisions and uh, not decisions and, and and choices and i think the ability and, and so i'm just going to read this this passage if that's all right mm -hmm. decisions by all the dozens of conscious major decisions you've made yourself by all the millions of minor ones and by all the billions and billions of entirely unconsidered ones it has also been shaped by the decisions of others too painfully aware as the human tribe has become ever more widely and densely settled across the face of the earth, and as we have gained ever greater control over the natural forces that affect us, so our environment has become ever more man-made, and therefore ever more the product of the decisions that we take. Once, when a an authority took a decision to save money or in the great causal chain that we perceive but then I'm, I'm going to read a little bit more but then the world that we inherited and which we have all done our bit to modify was already built upon the decisions of our forebears the laws civil and scientific the cities and the first habitations around which those cities clustered the philosophies and outlooks the languages we speak the miles and milligrams and the degrees celsius and kelvin that we measure in just as you and I, in order to keep up our conversation, make a decision with every word, so we and our forebears, in order to maintain our endless dialogue, we go to school with 
um, how many children are in the same class as us, uh, you know, the country we grow up in, the wealth of the country we grow up in, the temperature of the country we grow up in, the size of the family we have, the number in the family we are. You know, these are all things that have huge influence on us. And um, I think it's probably time to pause and play the adverts and the news, Ed. Is that all right? Um, we've got Go for it. seven minutes of of adverts, news and tech update. And we're back oh, to talk well, a bit more sleeping. about... Um, I think we'll talk about the school of life and education and school and, and mental health a bit more, link it back to teaching a little bit after, after the news. Mm. Thank you for sticking with us, everybody. Bye-bye. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you to have a growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for ALEM that improves whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Schools Climate Education South Yorkshire will host its second climate conference this year. It is a free event and will feature Henry Firth and Ian Thesby, the world-renowned vegan chef duo Bosch, food upcycling organisation Foodworks and a science workshop from Amaze Lab. The event will run from the 1st to the 3rd of March and will include live and pre-recorded virtual sessions aimed at teachers and students of all ages. Coordinator Richard Souter said that Schools Climate Education South Yorkshire was set up in response to the climate crisis and the inadequate progress being made in combating it. We hope these conferences are the start of a journey for staff and young people in doing what they can within their schools and communities to both promote and advocate for change. Rafia Hussein a secondary teacher in Sheffield, 
who was involved in the conference last year, said, It got the environment ball rolling in my school. We were able to self-reflect as a school and think about what we can do both individually and collectively. It certainly raised awareness. group of children turning away from education. It will lead to a further rise in home education. It can be a route for those who are worried or scared. All of this will play together in some unhelpful ways. The gamble, in my mind, is that attendance among many of the most vulnerable stops or goes down, so it becomes a form of exclusion. Removing the requirement for positive cases to self-isolate puts them all at increased risk. Councils in England reported in November that there had been a 34% jump in the number of parents choosing to take their children out of school to teach them at home. The DfE is also concerned about attendance, which stood at 86.2% in secondary schools on the 3rd of February, while pre-COVID, it would be about 95%. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. To a tweet from Michelle Stevens at M Box around a shape around what you want, window select which is pick the window you want to capture, screen select which captures the full screen or replication of the print screen button. Some may say there's no point to this but stay tuned, there is. Finally there's a cross to close and pressing escape can do the same thing. If you have an interactive board you can pin snip and sketch to your taskbar, right click the icon and select pin to taskbar. Now you can press it to make screen grabs and not have to go over to the keyboard. Snip and sketch also gives you the ability to annotate on a screenshot. To make this even more powerful did you know pressing Windows and V shows your last 25 captures to your clipboard? The first time you use this, you'll need to switch on the feature by pressing Windows and V and agreeing to switch it on. Now you can take several screen captures and then paste them into the app you're presenting with. This can be very time efficient. For this week's visual version of the episode, I've made a series of clips and given some real life examples of using the snipping tool. So don't forget to check out 
TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. <laughs> I don't quite know what you've just sent me, Ed, on WhatsApp, but um, I'm not going to read it out. <laughs> <laughs> um that's just reminded me um <laughs> um i was in a play in a pantomime once um and um <laughs> i've got i've got you've you've tripped me up um and <laughs> Sorry, um, you know in 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 the rehearsals um i uh, someone had to pull out a um i was there was an art dealer in the pantomime or something i think i was the i was the dame and uh and then the baddie was disguised as an art dealer and he was trying to sell me a tiny titian so he pulled out a tiny titian from his pocket mm-hmm. and it was a tiny titian um or fake tiny titian and then of course as we got into the real performances with an audience uh the the tiny titian turned in to um little messages like don't give up the day job etc cetera, etc cetera. and then the the final night um I, I don't think i can even say what was on the final night um the final night was a uh was it was a very graphic image um which which i couldn't I couldn't <laughs> ignore um and without and carry on so i I'm, I'm not a professional actor or a professional writer um anyway hello welcome back um to to our loyal listeners and loyal joggers and catch-uppers um so ed Picking up yes. from where we were before, have you got anything that you that's been burning in your mind for the last seven minutes that you need to splurge on? Because I've got a few things I have got left. I want to want to say before we get to oh, and if you do, you want to play some ukulele at the end as well? Oh, sh- I had forgotten about the ukulele. Um, I probably ought to, if, in case there's any dedicated listeners who've been longing for that. Um, oh, you are. Gl- I can't hear you now. Have- Sorry. There you go. Glitching out. Glitching out. Still glitching. Poor, poor Toby. Glitching. <laughs> right. I got the one word glitching there. Are we both glitching on each other? Um, yeah. Have you got your ukulele? Because maybe, maybe if you can, maybe you can glitch it, um, deglitch the the pod bean by playing playing something now. Maybe then. I can try. Hang on a sec. Can you hear me? I can, can hear you. Hear you. Me? you I can hear me? You can hear me. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I can well, hear you. I mean, I, 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 I think my Wi-Fi is good. I'm, I'm personally blaming the Podbean app tonight because it's never been a problem in the past, has it? Um. What was I doing the other night? No, the, the only thing, of course, that's different between the Podbean, the Podbean app could be a problem, but also it could be the fact that my laptop has was on my mother's Wi-Fi in Devon. I didn't switch it off, um, and then it sat in my car travelling all the way up the uh, A three hundred three and the M three and the M twenty five, etc. And then it's just been extracted and plugged in here. Found the school Wi-Fi, which is um, not that great, right up here, and it's kind of you know, it, it could be it could be me. But but the mm-hmm. fact that actually my my interface with Teachers Talk Radio on Podbean is is kind of working fine. So I don't I wouldn't I'm kind of the the, the program the website is not is not glitching if that makes sense. So so I think it might be 
the online aspects of Podbean. But anyway, let's not waste any more time talking about that. Play us some ukulele, Ed. Um, okay, I was uh, ooh, I, the other night. I did um, take a chance on me, didn't I? Which I enjoyed playing. You did I like that? I loved that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me see if I can have a go at that. Then hang on a second. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. You need Take me. A chance on Let me. me know I'm gonna be around. If you got no place to go, if you're feeling down, if you're all alone, when the pretty birds have flown, honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. Gonna do my very best, and it ain't no lie. If you put me to the test, if you let me try, take a chance on me. Take a chance on me. Oh, and we can go dancing, and we can go walking, so long as we're together. Listen to some music, maybe just talking, glad to get you better. Cause you know, I've got so much that I wanna do. When I dream I'm alone with you, you it's magic. You want me to leave it there, afraid of a love affair, but I think you know that I just can't let you go. If you change your mind, your mind, I'm the first in, first line. in line. Honey, I'm still free. free. Take, a Take a chance on, on me. me. If you need me, let me know. I'm gonna be around. If you need no place to go, you're feeling bad. If you're all alone, when the pretty birds <laughs> have come, it out. honey, I'm still freezing. I'm slightly disappointed in myself that I seem to know yeah. ABBA lyrics better than I know Neil Young and Cure lyrics, which which it shows how Young indelible. Get... Oh, <laughs> burned in, burned in. It's so clever. It's clever, clever writing. I didn't appreciate it at the time. I thought it was bubblegum, but it's not. It's like bubblegum. Elvis Costello years. always says how he learnt loads. Elvis Costello always said he learnt loads yeah. from ABBA. I mean, it's clever writing. It is it's exactly... I mean, my mum played a lot of ABBA on, on her record player when my dad was out in the garden. Um, she was on the, on, the, on the LP, was on the record mm -hmm. player a lot. And, and that's, that, that's, that song is on that. So uh, along yeah. with Chikatita and... The name of the game and gimme, 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 gimme a man after midnight. Um, yes, please. Okay. Um, right. We've only got ten minutes or so. Oh, um, we didn't get very far, did we? School. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> school and and mental health. So I think I think we've all got our own. I've got a little reflection, I suppose, in the sense that I, I don't. I'm not someone who's personally sort of suffered from mental health 
challenges until recently, but I'm not, I'm still not really suffering from them. I'd say it's just that life is mad. You know, I have this, my mum is lovely, but, but she's had a complicated life and, and there's lots of unresolved issues. She's also getting quite old and, 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 you know, it's complicated. So, so I, I kind of, all that writing that I've done um, recently, you know, I've kind of written that stuff before. I've thought about that sort of stuff. So it isn't, it isn't as new and as raw, but, but, but yesterday was raw because I was writing about dad and, and that, mm. that's always, you know, it was so long ago that, that he left me, or that he left us. Well, he left this earth. Sorry, not, not, he didn't leave us. Um, and um, so, so always sort of thinking deeply about, about trying to remember him is hard. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember yeah. him, but I don't I don't remember specific moments, really. It's weird. You know, it was a long, long yeah. time ago. And and um, and so and it doesn't stop hurting. Lucy, absolutely. It does not stop hurting. And But I think I think I remember when dad died, I'll be writing about this and sharing it very willing, willingly um, very soon when I get to 16. So, you know, there's a few more chapters before that. But but I think um, he you know, I was I was sort of stiff upper lip. I was an all boys boarding school yeah. and. I was really sad about it. I cried a lot, not instantly, but but once I sort of spoke to my mum on the phone because I was I was away at school and 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 it was it was tough, tough, tough to be based in an all boys boarding school when that happened. But um, I remember I read the lesson at his funeral. I remember John chapter fourteen verses one to six and verses twenty five to twenty seven, and well. Now, but I remember I don't remember all the words but and I read it in the King James version and I just you know I stood up and I read it clearly and slowly and I didn't cry I didn't well up and then at the end of this funeral service I remember there were older people you know family friends kids who hardly knew my dad you know in their late teens or in their 20s who were blubbing their eyes out and I wasn't crying and I thought what's going on here I think as a child we we don't we're not fully equipped we're not fully equipped with emotions and so and i cry at funerals now i cry at funerals of people i hardly knew because yeah. it's not i'm not grieving them and i'm not sad for losing them ah. but it brings back all the previous grief and 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 yeah. it, it triggers and and you know church services are very powerful like that aren't they the the you know the, the very very powerful and um, they're very contemplative and so so all that grief comes back and and it's never fully resolved but but it is you know but on the flip side i think what's interesting about humans is that some people can deal with grief and adversity and not let it define them and take them over mm-hmm. whereas others you know have a really minor seemingly you know minor set of stresses in their life but are completely, you know, defined and destroyed by by that. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, and I was thinking about that um, in the context of of uh, I would listen to Desert Island Discs the other day. There was a statistician on two. I think it was two weeks ago, and he lost a child. You know, like a five-year-old mm-hmm. child, yeah. um, and you know he he was into his seventies or eighties when he was talking about this, um, and um, but he was so sort of chipper. You know, it must have been huge. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. there's no greater grief than losing a child as a child. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. You know, but it's all relative. You know, it's all perspective. It's all. Uh, 
you know, and so it's it's a very personal thing, grief. Yeah, and I think I, I think we all and and it does come back and catches up with us sometimes. And so I think that's what I'm going through is I'm reflecting on my childhood a lot more. I'm comparing my my mother with my soon to be ex wife, who are completely different in character, but there's some mm. similarities in terms of their emotional sort of literacy, I'd say, um, and and all that sort of stuff. So, but I think. I think we're talking about quite deep adult things and we're talking about grief, but what we should probably talk about for the last five minutes is, is school and, and mental health. And, and um, am I, I know I'm talking a lot, but can I mention the school of life? I've mentioned it before um, and read you the opening um, couple of paragraphs from that. Alan de Botton, um, Alain de Botton, um, uh, philosopher, and he with many others have set up this organization called the school of life. And this is, there's lots of different books being published, but this is the opening uh, three paragraphs um, sub heading education. Modern societies are collectively deeply committed to education and have in place the mechanisms needed to teach every conceivable profession and to cover every topic of inquiry. We reliably educate pilots and neurosurgeons, actuaries and dental hygienists. We offer lessons in the irregularities of the French pre-perfect and textbooks on the conductive properties of metal alloys. We are not individually much cleverer than the average animal, a heron or a mole, but the knack of our species lies in our capacity to transmit our accumulated knowledge down the the generations the slowest among us can in a few hours pick up the ideas it took pick up ideas that it took a few rare geniuses a lifetime to acquire yet what is distinctive is just how selective we are about the topics we deem it possible to educate ourselves in our energies are overwhelmingly directed towards material scientific and technical subjects and away from psychological and emotional ones much anxiety surrounding will be at maths very little around their abilities at marriage or kindness. We devote inordinate hours to learning about tectonic plates and cloud formations and relatively few fathoming shame and rage. The assumption is that emotional insight might be either unnecessary or in essence unteachable, lying beyond reason or method, an unreproducible phenomenon best abandoned to individual instinct and intuition. We're left to find our own path around our unfeasibly complicated minds, a move as striking and as wise as suggesting that each generation should discover the laws of physics by themselves. And that pretty much summarises why I think education is ridiculous. We're obsessed by how many people mm -hmm. get grades five and above at GCSE when they're 16, um, when they could probably, you know, redo them and get them completely different grades three years later. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just this sort of madness. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that we shift away from maths and English and, and fundamental rudiments of language and number and so forth and just teach lessons on shame and rage and stuff. But, but I do think it's disproportionate the amount of time we spend teaching stuff that's easy to teach and easy to test. And sort of gives us a bit of cultural reference points that that are perhaps not actually helping us improve as a society as people as a happiness body of happy people that's that's my view anyway mm -hmm. uh what do you think i think i don't know if you can hear me mm -hmm. i'm thinking i might be dropping out um i would say that i am no you're there you're there 
Okay, oh, this time of night and on Wednesday night, um, I'm very happy to, to just change the tenor of British education. And, uh, you know, I think if Mr. Rose, was it Professor Rose of the Rose Report, had yeah. his way, you know, we would be in a different place now. We would. We would be in a different place. We'd be having these conversations. And we're not, you know, as school leaders, we're just looking at the bottom line of the SATS results and going, well, that's, that's, where, the, that's where it is, you know. English and and and, uh, and maths is, is is the zero sum, isn't it? But um, after this pandemic, I'm seeing children with serious well-being issues. I've seen more than I've ever seen before, and we need to have a different kind of conversation. And and you can't do it, you know. You, a lot of us, as we're saying, we know when we get to assembly, we're going to look at a really beautiful picture book which talks about emotions. And we're going to explore them through that medium in assembly for 20 minutes once a day. No, it's got to be the root and the branch of the curriculum if we're going to get anywhere with this. Yes. People are suffering. I missed, I missed what some of you said, Ed, I'm afraid, but, 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 but I think I'm just picking up on the end of it. It has to be the root and branch if you're going to, if, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and I think, um, yeah, but the, the School of Life have got this rather wonderful book. I, I was going to show it to you as if I was online on, on, on Zoom, but An Emotional Menagerie, feelings from a to z which is written for children and so it's got it's got um a for anger and h for happiness and f for fear and a rather rather here is um you know a poem on teachers and children is it is just it's a mental health awareness week or it's it's one mm-hmm. assembly it's it's not as you say can't it's not can't be that. ingrained in the fabric of the yeah. school i don't remember and that's um, a... do you remember do you remember our friend graham andre um appearing in that show no more girls and boys do i don't that? okay i don't well, graham is a, is a is a good friend and he was i think it was a channel 4 show they 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 centered a show on his classroom and there was lots and lots to learn about it, about how we unwittingly, you know, Graham was very brave in it himself, let himself and his practice be observed by the camera. And it was clear that despite himself being a very, very progressive sort of a person, he was treating girls and boys very differently in his classroom. And he learned through the through the show to, to a different. It's really worth a watch. I think it's all still there on, um, you know, on, on more four or whatever. But there was a real huge difference between the way girls and boys um, talked about emotions. The girls had quite a yeah. sophisticated vocabulary of emotion that they were ready to use. This was children in year three, year four. And the boys had one word, and it was anger. So if they were anxious, yeah. they were angry. And if they were hungry, they were angry. And if they were lonely, they were angry. The only word for emotion they had was anger. And I think it's very true. It's yeah. true for men. Men who are as adults as well as it is for those young children that were in the show, I think there's a real purpose in saying, you know, how does it feel when you're anxious? How does it feel in your stomach? How does it feel in your arms? How does it feel oh. in your head? Have I gone again? I, I, I don't know if I'm still there. I'll carry on talking. I work with a, a woman who does some work with me for my supervision once in a while. And... Um, when I talk about emotion, yes. she says, I'm still there. I... Yeah, she says, where is that emotion? How does it feel? You know, and I'm talking about, you know, I've got this great sense of grief. Yeah. How does that feel? I'm so like, it feels like a steel band around my head. Good, she says. How does it feel? 
Or she was, you know, when you were feeling anxious, how was it? And I was like, you know, I felt it in the pit of my stomach. You know, we're, we're animals. And mm. these emotions have physical effects. And if we can teach children to, to recognize where they are and how they feel, you know, it's really useful. You know, you were lost away from home and you weren't angry about it, actually. You were worried. So what did you do? You know, how did that feel? How did you recognize that was your emotion? What did you do about it? There's actual stuff that, you know, yeah. if you're into your explicit teaching, there's stuff you can explicitly teach. Yeah. And uh, if you're not into explicit teaching, there's stuff you can talk about investigating. We have to do it. Otherwise, uh, you know, otherwise we're condemning the next generation of young men to the same shit that we've uh, put up with for these last 50 years or more. Yeah, I think I think it's most. I think that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to overrun for a few more minutes, for a couple more minutes, if that's all right. Um, mm -hmm. Because I haven't, I didn't hear everything you said, unfortunately, Ed. But I think Lucy and, and the listeners did hear it. So I think it's something between you and me and Bob Bean. But <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's right. The 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 the, the kind of sort of trying to impose a very, you know, adult set of self-control behaviours on children. And and schools have developed incredibly complicated systems um, to, to make this work. And, um, you know, it's... It, it, it's interesting. Um, we were talking about funerals and, and grief earlier on, so I just yeah. wanted to read the beginning of David Brooks's book, The Road to Character, which he talks about... Um, which is also in line with the school of life stuff. Um, and he opened his, he's American. So, so excuse the term resume. He means CV when he says resume, <laughs> but recently I've been, recently I've been thinking about the difference between the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues. The resume virtues are the ones you list on your resume, the skills that you bring to the job market and that contribute to external success. The eulogy virtues are deeper. They're the virtues that get talked about at your funeral. The ones that exist at the core of your being, whether you are kind, brave, honest, or faithful, what kind of relationships you formed. Most of us would say that the eulogy virtues are more important than the resume virtues, but I confess that for long stretches of my life, I've spent more time thinking about the latter than the former. Our education system is certainly orientated around the resume virtues more than the eulogy ones. Public conversation is too, the self-help tips in magazines, the non-fiction bestsellers. Most of us have clearer strategies for how to achieve career success than we do for how to develop a profound character. Uh, and that's that's it. You know, I I, I don't know. You know, we, we, the world is not ready. Um, the world is not ready to, to fundamentally turn education on its head because um, we've got this whole. Do our little bit to chip away. Uh, at trying to um, get people more connected with their emotions, not in a kind of cheesy American way or or a let's have a well-being 
hug day, you know, but just to mm. talk about this stuff and to talk openly about it. I think that's the problem. I think when we talk about it, we don't actually really talk about it openly. We do it in too big a class. We perhaps do it in too big a group. Yeah. You need to get yeah. just two or three children and one um, very skilled adult to kind of get people talking and thinking and feeling yeah. and, and considering their interactions and stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I'm being idealistic. Um, we could talk forever about it. We've gone over. Um, Ed, it's been lovely to chat to you about this. Um, there's obviously so much more. I'm going to write lots more. Um, just on the writing thing, um, just before I end, I think I absolutely love writing. I kind of need to write. Um, and I discovered writing when I, I wasn't a writer as a young person I, and I didn't study English literature like you did uh, and and I didn't read many books as a child either but in 2007 man as far this is going to be written about too and that's when I started writing um and it's a cathartic thing and and now I kind of I do have aspirations they may be naive thus narcissistic egocentric deluded I don't know um to be a professional writer you know I will give it a crack once I've got some pensions coming in and and and, and you know see you know, you know both fiction and non-fiction and I think that but but I think what's interesting in terms of writing openly, of course, most people disguise their their own via the medium of fiction. You know, experienced writers do that. You know, very few people bare their souls. Um, but but I do think that um, if you look at most writers and most artists and most most you know perhaps songwriters as well, there is a sort of they're on the edge, you know. People, people who are very happy to write so openly and 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 uh, coruscatingly, if you like, um, it, it it it's a certain type of individual, isn't it? Who's who's quite connected to their own um, inner world, or or also is a little bit damaged or a little bit complicated. And and I think I think that those of us who really enjoy the writing on on Twitter, there's some pretty pretty dark and complicated stuff woven by some of the stuff i'm reading on on twitter at the moment in our little writing corner and and it's it's wonderful but it's 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 haunting some of it and and i think i think there's probably a connection between writers and artists and people who've who've led a a a sort of you know not necessarily challenging life but but a kind of you know they've seen a lot and felt a lot anyway um you're talking about swearing i'm talking too much ed it's been a pleasure talking. Thank you for taking a chance yes. on me earlier on. We probably ought to stop now. Um, next week, we will, shall we talk about some tweets of the week and and, and come up with a theme? Um, but um, that's tweet next of the week. week. I don't know if you've seen the, 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 the breakfast conversation that's been going on on my timeline today, Davey, but... <laughs> um, I didn't. Oh yes, yes. Go on then. Talk about yes, your breakfast. Well, yes, I think fried bread's important myself. I, I disagree think... with you on fried bread. Well, I, I actually dodged a fried bread because I had fried bread yex yesterday and I was really looking forward to it. And then it was just like, it was a lot of sunflower oil. Um, yes. Yeah, no, it was, no, it's got to be olive oil. 
<laughs> it's got to be anyway, extra virgin so I went to toast this morning oil. and I've been taken down for it all day, but I'm now up to some like 800 comments on that tweet and I'm really over it. I'm really, really, really over it. Like, guys, have black pudding. It's fine. You can have it. It's all right. Please yeah. don't worry about it. I had a nice breakfast. I liked it. So um, yeah, that's what's dominated my day on the internet is uh, there's been breakfast chat. Uh, um, yes. There's been a, yeah. lots of chat on the chat about about yes that was oh, I think that was a good nice tweet. Um, there, there were a few things. Rachel Ross was funny, and and Simon Smith sent something rather good about Sats as well. But um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about education stuff next week. Um, I'm tempted with your talk of swearing on the chat to to close um, as we've been talking about mental health with Philip Larkin's poem. Um, this be the verse about um, they f you they up your mum and up. dad. They mess they you mess up. You up. They mess they you do. up and dad mum and dad um yeah and they they feel you but they do yeah but they do and all that anyway on that note take care everyone look after yourselves if you are having a hard time speak to someone listen to a song that soothes you go for a bloody good walk as well okay if if anybody anybody who's listening is having a hard time me and toby are here to listen to you so just tweet either of us and we'll, we'll you know yeah well, don't don't suffer in silence for god's sake yeah, absolutely and and it's yeah. incredible how yeah, supportive uh it's incredible how supportive people who you don't really know um on on twitter can be because oh, that's that, that's one of the so great things much. about twitter it does help it a lot it really does it doesn't it you know like there's a lot you know, there's people i really love and i'm really close to and who i will not talk to yeah and then there's people who random people on the internet are you okay, mate? And I don't know whom from Adam. I can talk to them. Yeah, I can. You know that is so the greatest thing about the internet and about you know, Twitter. If you're um, having a hard time, DM me. I'll talk to you. You know, because yeah. um, because you might not be able to talk to your mum or your wife or your I don't know your old schoolmate. You yeah. can't talk to them because like you you've let them down your guard or you're portraying a different person to the person that they're used to. But listen, I've got no side. You, you DM me and say I'm having a hard time. We can have a chat. I don't. I've got. I've got no judgment against anybody. So, um, do you're a great man, Ed? You are a great man, Lucy. You've been great, and so many other people. Um, you know, have been absolutely lovely. Who who aren't um on on Twitter this week to me? Um, you kind of know who you are if you listen to this on Catch Up. Thank you so much. Um, take care, everyone. Massive overrun. I've got to upload um both this show and Noreen's show. Noreen, hello as well. Take care of yourself. Thank you for your comments in the chat. Um, we'll see you. Speak to you next week. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye, all. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.